Welcome to Dish of the Day with Eartha Kitten and Delta Van Dam. Today we'll be serving up a big plate of hot takes on whatever the fuck we want to talk about. would come in handy and be like, no, right. no, we cannot do that. <laughs> if you're a producer, get at us. Get at us. It's banana phone copyrighted. The first Google search. Okay. It is. Yes. Oh, well, you know. By Universal. Shmanana <laughs> phone. Right. Shmanana phone. <laughs> yeah, that'll be our first single dish of the day. It's first uh, recorded single is Shmushmana Cone. <laughs> Shmushmana Cone. Mm-hmm. It comes in hunches. <laughs> I've got my bunches. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense, but it satisfies that urge for banana phone. I, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Sweet. Welcome to Dish of the Day. Yeah, I'm Delta. I'm Eartha. And, uh, yeah. We're doing another, uh, food review watch party today. Hell yeah. And we're watching two Thanksgiving episodes of two different shows, but yeah. two very similar shows. Uh, we are watching a Thanksgiving episode of the TV show Friends. Yippity damn do. And we're watching a Thanksgiving episode of the TV show Living Single, which for me actually gets a yippity damn do. <laughs> because it's one of my favorite TV shows and the Thanksgiving episode that we're watching is one of my favorites. Why are we watching them? Because one's black and one's white. Yes. And we're going to compare. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Friends. Can't I mean, stand it. That goes into our pre-review type. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do we know about the shows going into it? Okay. Or do we want to do an appetizer? Do you have anything you want to rant about before we talk about what we know about these shows? Or do you want to just dive right in? I just in? want to talk about how much I hate Friends. <laughs> I mean, fair. That You know what? I will. I don't have an, a rant necessarily. Just an observation, I guess. Um, so... All you fucking nerds out there, gird your loins. I recently watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the first time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I had only seen clips of it when I was younger and it didn't really spark my interest. But uh, thanks to TikTok and a bunch of fucking burlesque nerds, I keep hearing the song that yep. Jessica Rabbit sings in there. And I'm like, this is a good burlesque song. I understand why so many people do act to it. However... How does this fit in the fucking movie? Mm-hmm. And it finally piqued my interest enough for me to be like, surprise, surprise, I saw a black woman do a makeup tutorial and she used the song. And I was like, yes. well, this will make me interested because I'm like, hmm, I like this. I like seeing this take on it. So I guess I'll finally just watch this movie. And the only observation I really have for it is 
Am I supposed to believe, I realize that this movie came first, but am I supposed to believe that Who Framed Roger Rabbit and The Mask aren't the exact same movie? They basically are. And that The Mask and The Mask from that movie, the Jim Carrey character and the Riddler from Batman isn't the same movie, yep. <laughs> the same character. I'm like, so this just stems from like a lot of shit. So, I mean, it was cool seeing like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse on the screen together and like the stuff between Donald and Daffy Duck is cool. Sorry if you've never seen it, but like it's a bunch of cartoons in this movie. Mm-hmm. So like that stuff was cool. But I was just watching it and I'm just like, okay, so all this does is remind me of the mask. And it's not even like it's kind of a similar story. So I was just like, okay, well, cool. That era of films, I feel like just kind of cannibalized the same like comedic mm-hmm. things and just rearranged it into a unique, quote unquote, unique yeah movies and i'm like don't get me wrong i love the mask i love who framed roger rabbit i haven't watched it in forever but Mm uh definitely not um you could you could tell you could definitely tell yeah it's the same vibe and i kind of figured out the ending of the movie with like the whole the the ending of the movie i kind of figured out the twist like very early on in the movie because i'm like i've seen enough movies i this mm-hmm. fucking works. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, if you've seen literally anything, like, I'm trying to think, oh, like, there's how there's a big twist at the end of Wreck-It Ralph, it's kind of that same type of twist. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I can see where this movie kind of set a tone for movies that came out after it, but I'm also like, I've seen all of those, and now I'm watching this, and I'm like, it does seem like a nucleus. It also seems like, oh, well, I'm just going to figure out how this movie works yeah. the whole time. So again, not a rant. I don't really have a review of the movie other than like I've seen it before. I get it. It's cool. Uh, Jessica Rabbit's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, she's just like a curvy cartoon character. And yeah, the best part of her character is when she's singing in the club to me. So it was that. And when uh, I think he asked her like, oh, what is it about him? And she was like, he makes me laugh. I was like, I mean, yeah, that will seal the deal with a lot of men these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. So yeah, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it, like I said, not much of a rant, just an observation where I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of movies like this. Um, I think nostalgia kind of keeps people going back to that oh, movie. For sure. Which I don't, I don't blame people because that's me in the movie Hook. That's me in the movie, like, that's me in a lot of movies. Hook, Jumanji, um, because I watch them now, Jurassic Park even sometimes, and I'm like, I know people are like, but those are like really good movies. And I'm like, yes, but I feel like if I show those to a 10 year old now, they're not going to be interested like yeah. I am. Yeah. Because I have so Positive many memories, memories tied to those movies, but like, yeah, I've tried to watch those movies with my cousins. They are not fucking interested. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I understand. I get it. Much like I'm- we're not interested in Boss Baby. Yeah, or uh, my dad showed me um, fucking Top Gun, and I was like, this movie sucks, Dad. Oh, God, And that is one of my dad's, like, favorite movies, and I was like, Dad, this movie is not, it's not, it's not doing it for me. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So. Can't do it. Yeah. Anyway, you and Friends. (laughs) God, I hate Friends. I, I didn't watch it growing up. I tried watching a couple episodes here or there. I always fell asleep. I watched clips where they take out the laugh track. Mm-hmm. And Ross is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> it's very weird to me. 
Like, I hate sitcoms generally because if you take out the laugh track and you put in your genuine reaction to whatever going whatever is going on on the screen, it's very weird. Very weird. Like, there's good sitcoms, don't get me wrong. I used to watch sitcoms all the time, but, uh... Not friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything I've seen is just weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I grew up watching Friends, and I, you know, it's just the thing because I grew up watching it. I know the whole story. I know how the whole thing ends, and I remember being younger and being so invested in it. But that also is because I didn't have it much else to watch. Because again, I grew up without cable, so I didn't have like a lot of options when it came to like Thursday primetime television. It was either I watch Friends or I try to watch whatever was on CBS, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it was CSI, which I was not interested in. <laughs> so I would watch Friends, and like growing up, I was like, this is silly. This is just like what TV is. Because I watched a lot of Friends and Will and Grace and reruns of Living Single. So. Yeah, but now that I'm older, and this is going into, like, what do we know prior to watching these episodes, is that Friends is literally a direct ripoff of Living Single. Living Single was doing well on TV, and someone, and one of the execs at NBC said, well, if you could have a show, any show that you wanted on your network, what would it be? Because I think Living Single was on, like, Fox at that time or something, and the exec said, oh, I would want Living Single. So what happens? They make Friends, which is basically the white version of Living Single with one more male character. And yeah, it's, I mean, you can see the similarities, but I also like to, and like how the storyline goes of like two of them having a kid together, two people, two of the friends on Living Single end up having a kid together. And I think like the way that they handled that was really good because it was it was literally the same story as Ross and Rachel it's like they used to date and then they don't and then they end up having a child together but I think the way that they did it because they were two like successful people it wasn't as frowned upon but I'm like if Ross and Rachel were just a regular black couple she would be seen as like stupid for sleeping with her ex-boyfriend and getting pregnant by him and ross would be nothing more than a two-time baby daddy who can't take care of his kids Uh so that's my gripe that i have with friends now is that i'm like i don't think it was this iconic i realized that it was this big deal when it happened but looking back i'm like there's nothing revolutionary that this show did besides last long yeah to me And when I look at, like, episodes of, like, Living Single, I'm like, this was literally taking a look at, like, these are four adult black women who are living in New York, which every other show made it seem like you can't find black people in New York anywhere. And they're like, Mm -hmm. and this show was like, no, there's actually a very big black community in New York, and that's what these people are a part of. And then on top of that, you had all of these people like Khadija owns a magazine and Max is a lawyer and Regine's like a fashion buyer and uh, God, Sinclair is like an actress and you have all these people and they're still living like in the same place. So it's like we're not being shy about telling people like living in New York is expensive and they own a brownstone, but like they can't afford to live there on their own. And then they have two people living upstairs and it was just 
Yeah, watching that now, I'm like, this to me made more of a statement than friends being like, we're a bunch of people that have really good jobs and we're comfortable and we're financially comfortable so we can just pop out kids when we want to. Mm -hmm. Like, the two people that got pregnant on Friends were the two who were most financially stable and could take care of this kid. And, well, sorry, not Friends. On Living Single were the two that were most financially stable and could take care of the kid. Everybody else, if they would have got pregnant who knows what would have happened but I also like the way that like they handled relationships and like the complexities of having that relationship but it wasn't like this is complex because we're black it's like this is complex because it's fucking hard like Mm -hmm. maintaining a relationship is hard it's more nuanced because we're black yeah see all I know about friends Mm -hmm. I know nothing about living single I did not Mm -hmm. get the chance to watch that all I know about friends there's a picture frame yeah, on the there, door. There's yeah. a scene with a couch, mm-hmm. a coffee shop. Central Perk. Yep. Central Perk. Yeah, that's it. I knew it was a pun. Mm-hmm. There's a secret baby, or it seemed like a secret baby when I watched it, because like, nobody talked about it except in passing, and you didn't really see the baby. <laughs> that is funny to refer to Emma as like a secret baby. <laughs> that's, that's what I took But it's it. like, he also has a son that you only see like every couple of seasons. Yeah. I'm like, Ross is an absent father. He's mm-hmm. a terrible father because he's all pissed that his wife turned out to be a lesbian. And so he's like, I'm just Is that what happens? Oh yeah, that's what happens with Elisa's oh, son. He's just okay. like, I'm pissed off that my wife's a lesbian. And she, it's like she lives in like another part of New York. I'm like, so why don't you have your kid on the weekends then? Why don't you have him every summer? Why are you like, only so involved with Rachel all the time that like Ben barely exists. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that and the soup person. There's no soup for you or that's, something. That's Seinfeld. That's Seinfeld. Okay, never mind. There we go. Fair mix up. <laughs> it's very fucking white show. shows yeah. that were about nothing. Like, yeah. That okay. Yep. So I know less about friends than I originally thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them is Seinfeld. Yeah. I just I mean, yeah, I know a lot about both shows. Um and grew up watching one more than the other. I watched Friends more than I watched Living Single. And now that I'm older, I will never do a rewatch of Friends anytime soon. Because one, there's too many fucking seasons. But two, I don't need to because it's on every channel all the time. But I have rewatched Living Single uh, since I've had Hulu at least three times. Nice. Yeah, I love yeah it's well there's only four seasons so it goes it's easy to binge watch it's kind of like binge watching stranger things it's like it's over pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and it's comforting so what order are we gonna watch this in are we gonna watch living single first because it was like chronologically first or should we watch friends first and see exactly how they copied i say we watch friends first because it's rough and we should end on a good note okay (laughs) fair enough fair Uh enough so what we're doing, we're watching two Thanksgiving episodes, one from each show. Mm-hmm. We're comparing. And then, next episode, we're going to try to make a dish or two. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but... Not excited, necessarily. <laughs> well, I'm hoping, because I don't remember exactly what is talked about in the episode of Living Single, but I do remember there's this thing called Yamaloaf that I really don't want to have to make. <laughs> so I'm praying they mention literally anything else, and I'm like, I'll make anything else, hopefully. But the Yamaloaf. But the Yamaloaf. I'm like, that does, because it involves fucking marshmallows, and we all yeah, know how I feel about marshmallows, yeah. so... 
We might have to do that for the, the listeners. You can make your own fucking yamalo. <laughs> if I find anything else that I can make from this episode, y'all can make your own fucking yamalo and send us fine. pictures. So we're going to go watch these two episodes, and we will be back with our thoughts and with the names of the dishes that we're going to make. Yeah, they're both 30-minute sitcoms, so, like, when that gets to streaming, it's only, like, 20 minutes. Oh, that's true. That's true. Those mm-hmm. commercials used to be long as fuck. Yeah, you would have, like, a five-minute block of commercials every single time. Yeah, that yeah. was fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's. The episode that we watched is the one with the Thanksgiving flashbacks. Fun episode. Oh, yeah. That's a word. <laughs> if, I mean, I guess the synopsis of it is it's the one where they do all the Thanksgiving flashbacks, but the big flashback is that Chandler calls Monica fat, and then the next year she tries to get revenge on him and cuts his toe off. Yes. That was an interesting side story. I did enjoy that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Let's just... <laughs> the first thing I noticed... Mm-hmm. What is with their facial expressions? Is that every episode? Do they all have these, like, really over-the-top weird facial expressions? Or was it just this one? Oh, no. That's every episode. Okay. Good to know. It's just normal. It's one of those shows that you look back and you're like, yeah, they probably got the note to just overact. And that's what added to, like, that exaggerated laugh track. Yeah. Yeah. I My first note is that upon hearing... The theme song. I am immediately transported back to my preteen years and like watching this show ad nauseum, hearing this, knowing exactly what episode it was just from the first couple of minutes in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, when we were setting up the episode, I said, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's season five, and I was right. <laughs> and I hate that I was right. So. See, hearing the theme song just gave me flashbacks to switching the TV channel. <laughs> You're like, fuck no. I just never got into it, man. People in my high school liked it. Mm-hmm. Not me. I heard the theme song and I'm like, out. Time to go be a hermit. Flip. <laughs> okay, my question. Uh-huh. Do Phoebe and Joey ever get together, or are they just paired up because they're kind of ditzy? They're, like, best friends, but they never get together. Okay. And they'll, like, flirt every once in a while, but they never, like, nothing ever happens between them. Is like, that a significant. Good thing? I think so. I think it's strong, because they have Monica and Chandler get together, and they have Ross and Rachel get together. So to have those two get together would just be like, okay, not all friend groups end up dating each other. True, true. Okay. And, Yeah. Um, and I think, like I was telling you, there are parts where, like, Joey is such a good friend to Phoebe, Mm -hmm. but, like, out of that group, Joey is the best friend to Phoebe out of everybody, um, so I like the fact that they just always kept, like, a nice, like... Good friendship. Yeah, solid friendship. Uh, I have a line that says, Phoebe's line of, did the little rich boy have a problem with the butler? (laughs) (laughs) 
I personally took a lot of joy in that because I'm like, ah, yeah, someone is calling Chandler out for being a fucking annoying child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, my parents got divorced, and she's like, oh, did the little but did the little rich boy have a problem with the butler? Because like, if you don't know Phoebe's backstory, she was like adopted and in and out of foster care, ah, and like okay. had kind of like a rough start to her twenties. So she's just like, yes, my life was harder than yours. Yeah. I was gonna say, that whole, like, butler sleeping with the dad backstory, I was just, like, looking sideways at it. I'm just like, I mean, yeah, that develops into a whole thing because the dad is actually, like, trans, but you can imagine how gingerly they treat that in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. So, yeah, it's not my favorite. His father's storyline is definitely not my favorite, but it is also, like... Yeah, because, yeah, Chandler, I mean, one thing that, I mean, this would happen whether the the father slash mother was trans or not, is that, um, like, you see later that Chandler holds a lot of resentment towards his father, but yeah. also it's like, okay, but dude, like, you gotta deal with that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that seems like a, a branch off to an interesting side story, for sure. Mm-hmm. I have to, most of my comments are about the clothing, because <laughs> I never really watched this, mm-hmm. and holy shit, leather vests, in both shows, mm. leather vests. <laughs> I didn't realize it in the second one, but now that you say that, I'm yes. like, yeah. I mean, that's 90s, like, this show, I think, I think this episode of Friends came out in, like, 99 or something like that, mm-hmm. so, and then Living Single was, like, 92 to like 97 or something like that yeah leather vests and turtleneck sweaters man that was the 90s see all you fucking gen uh what is it gen z yeah (laughs) y'all want to bring back the 90s because you think it was all sunflowers and pom-poms in your hair and baggy pants it wasn't all delia's (laughs) leather vest Turtleneck sweaters. Ill-fitting clothing. White sneakers with high arches. I was fucking there. Weird oversized blazers. I mean, I would wear that now. I but mean, yes. But, the but that's because it's back in and the late 80s, early 90s aesthetic for like dressing like that is back in. Uh-huh. But if I were to wear that in 2007, I would have looked like an idiot. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, it is circling back around. Mm-hmm. That, and I noticed color block shirts. Like, the the shirts yeah. with, like, one color on the outside and the one color on the inside. That was very bold. That was just like, ah, yeah. That is making a comeback. I was on our everybody's favorite new boutique website, Shein, today. Mm. And it's a lot of, like, two-tone dresses where it's, like, a color here, a color on the left side. And then the same colors on the right side on the bottom. And then a, the ah, same color. Yeah. yeah, like, that square look. I'm mm-hmm. like... Oh, so this is coming back. back. But now they're doing it with, like, prints. So it'll be, like, leopard, black, black, leopard. Like, yeah. Yep, it's back, baby. Mm-hmm. The fucking hair in that episode, too. I have a note that says, wouldn't it kill you having a turkey stuck on your head? Yeah. Because they're full of, like, gizzards and stuff. He would just be sucking in, like, the innards of a turkey. I mean, unless we're to assume that he cleared it out before he stuck it on his head, but still it would I mean, Monica, Monica could have possibly did that, but I don't, I don't know why you would clear it out and not immediately put the stuffing in there. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like, if it's a clear, or you bought it with all the stuff in a bag, and maybe he did pour that out, but you're still putting the innards of a turkey directly on your face. That would kill you, I feel like, because it's not a porous thing. It definitely wouldn't be comfortable. Yeah, I just, like, I think I'm like, if you, if the turkey was big enough to get your head stuck in there, then also the innards are still in there. They're exposed, because it's not like people put, like, a bag in a turkey that you can just stick your stuffing in like your stuffing has to touch the meat of the turkey mm-hmm. and turkey raw turkey isn't like a porous thing so you wouldn't be able to breathe so i feel like this you would have been or right and that's why i'm like this would have been more serious than they're making it seem Just and also that was a big fucking turkey so like holy shit you know how big that would have to be uh you know how big the turkey would have to be to get your head in there huge ass turkey so it's like yes the magic of tv they probably hollowed out something and then put what looked like a raw turkey on it Mm -hmm. but it's like come on now i'm just watching it i'm like i don't i don't know if this would actually happen no this is just friends being ridiculous for sure not i don't think any person in their right mind would stick a turkey on their goddamn head Mm -hmm. but i've been proven wrong before yeah i mean to uh, my next note about that is i hate that I'm laughing at this Joey turkey on the head bit. Like, I <laughs> hate that I'm finding it funny, but the part that was funny was when Chandler walks in and he goes, ah, and Joey, who can't see, is not facing him and goes, ah, I scared you, I knew it. And I'm like, this is so stupid, why am I laughing at this? Arguably the best part of the entire episode, though. The turkey on the head bit. My favorite part is when they come back in the Miami Vice suits. Oh, yeah. That's I'm like, oh, yeah, that is now that is some d- dedication to an 80s aesthetic, okay? Yeah. I've seen enough pictures of my father in those exact fucking suits. So. The sleeves rolled up. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said my new stage name is Nancy Branson. She Ooh. says that slut, Nancy Branson. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to Nancy be my must intro. have been a big name in like the late sixties, early seventies, yeah. because like they're that name, and then I have an aunt named Nancy, uh, Nancy from Stranger Things. I'm like, I feel like this was a big name amongst teenagers in the eighties. Gotta be, yeah. yeah. And it's not like people. right, and it's like that must have been great for Nancy Reagan. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think that influenced it? But no, because they had those names when they were born. At like, True. like most of those kids would have been born in like '68 or something. Um, I also started keeping a tally of how many times Delta said the fuck during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> at the point with the turkey on the head bit, we're at two. Because <laughs> I think that was around the. Point. <laughs> I think that was the point where no, I remember your second one because the first. <laughs> I think the first one was when Joey walked out with the turkey on his head and then the second one was when Ross and Chandler walked in and Chandler had that weird like double Ace Ventura hair <laughs> like the weird like almost victory rolls and yeah. he just went the fuck I was like I'm gonna start keeping telling you how many times but you only got to two I got to one <laughs> that, that hair bothered me yeah. it bothered me on many levels but was like it wrong though? No. Mm-hmm. But I hated it. Fair. I just wanted the mom's gold lame dress. Yeah. Oh my god. When he said he hates Thanksgiving. Oh, we're so glad you brought him here yeah. then. <laughs> I just want to be the mom if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Give me your dress. Give me your attitude. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of like things that we can have that you can beat a mom, um, that glass china cabinet that they had in the yeah, we have that exact same fucking thing at my childhood home. <laughs> like I looked at it, I was like, that is our fucking that is the one that we have. <laughs> but I hate. This. I have to go back and look at it because my grandma definitely has one. We had it and I forgot what it was called until I started writing it. I'm like, that's the china cabinet and we have that one. Mm -hmm. Like, we have that exact one with the mirrors and the, like, yeah, and oh, man. Fucking crazy. I want one, honestly, for this apartment and I could fit one in my dining room, but I'm like, eh, that seems a little, like, how would I move that? It's a bitch. I've moved one before. Yeah. It's not worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what I was thinking with these two notes, but mm-hmm. one was like, wow, unearth all the trauma. And, oh my god, fat jokes, what the fuck? <laughs> we both have the same note, because I have one that says, ooh, fat jokes, so funny. Wow, yeah. The yeah. whole fat suit thing, I was just like, seriously? It's the fat suit thing, it's the fact that Chandler called her her fat sister. Yeah. And the fact that they're like, uh, he was like, you did it, Judy, she's finally full. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, this uncomfortable it's never funny and there's some in the living single episode too i'm like why do we care so much about other people's bodies i'm glad society has progressed a little bit you know yeah and then also like kind of with not with the fat jokes but i said not chandler giving monica her like quote unquote giving monica her path in life because he's like oh yeah it was good you should be a chef and monica's a professional chef that's why she goes Okay, and the audience laughs. I was wondering what the fuck that was about. Yeah, no, she's a professional chef, and it's like they're hinting that like he gave her that nudge to be a chef because he uh. did it. And I'm like, her life does not revolve around this fucking man. Yeah, boo, I hate that. Yeah. Secondhand embarrassment was really rough. Yeah. And she was like rubbing the mac and cheese box on her face. I couldn't even watch. I I didn't watch that whole sequence until she dropped the knife on his foot. <laughs> yeah. I I was in the kitchen at that point because spoiler alert, I made dinner while we were doing this, but the part where Ross says, I can't believe George Michael slapped you in the face and I just was walking into the kitchen. I said he deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A fucking man. Um the theme of Thanksgiving is mentally abuse your friends. <laughs> Like, holy shit. You have a similar note again, because I said, Chandler needs therapy for his deep-seated Thanksgiving trauma. Because it's not fair to blame everyone and be like, I hate this stupid fucking holiday and I'm going to be a grrr. Go to therapy, my dude. Amen. You have a valid reason for not liking this holiday, but I think almost 20 years later is a valid enough reason to be like, don't you want to move past this so you can stop uh, making your friends feel like shit every time they try to get you to like... Not even like every time they want to celebrate Thanksgiving. We need to move past the Thanksgiving thing, my friend. Yep. Yeah. A fucking men. Mm-hmm. And then, this is the only full episode I've seen, but I wrote, Joey is the best character besides the weird thong obsession in the beginning. But I didn't get to see much of Phoebe, and we had a nice discussion about how Phoebe's actually the best character. Yeah. Which I can see now. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, how is the misogynist, like... To me, in this one episode, the most enjoyable character. I mean, I have a note here that says, I have seen this episode a million times and I'm going to laugh at Joey at the end, dot, dot, dot. And I did. (laughs) I I think Matt LeBlanc, who plays Joey, was like just such a perfect balance of like goof and also 
like authenticity for that character mm-hmm. like yes he is a raging idiot he is also a misogynistic creep mm-hmm. but for whatever reason he brings a sense of like he's the he's obviously like the sense of humor mm-hmm. but it's also like just a goofy character to watch and I think now that we're older it's like those characters are more refreshing than just your run of the mill like angry misogynist yeah Yeah. your run of the mill angry like look at me I'm I'm having so many problems because I'm in my 20s those characters are like we do not care I watch TV to escape that feeling yeah oh it's like the Barney effect from How I Met Your Mother Mm -hmm. yeah it's like Barney's gross but Way better than Ted Mosby. It's like he's less selfish. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen Scrubs, but like, what's his name on there? Um, Todd, who's Yay. like super gross and perverted. Mm-hmm. But they also tell him like, he's a better surgeon than Turk because Turk is too self-involved when it comes to surgery. And Todd is like, I just go in there, I do my job and I leave. Like, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the origin of the himbo? Is Joey the origin of the himbo? I don't think so. Probably not. I don't really know about the whole himbo thing because I'm not into like any of that shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good... Uh, uh, leave us a voicemail and let us know what you think. What are the origins of the himbo? Is it Fabio or is it Joey? <laughs> See, I, I love me some himbos, so mm-hmm. I would be fascinated. I'm such a sucker for himbos. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I did not enjoy the Friends episode. You know? It was, it was like... It leaves much to be desired because... Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's a... Because that one doesn't... But I like that one because it doesn't deal with, like, their relationships as much. Because yeah. once you start getting into, like, who's sleeping with who and they're hiding it from each other, it's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. The way they interact with each other is not my favorite. I'm like, I don't know if me and my friends would still be friends if we interacted this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a weird, toxic thing. Like, I I don't know. It was just toxic to me that it's like, this person obviously doesn't want to talk about this memory and you're going to bring it up anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that doesn't seem healthy at all. Yeah. Overall, did not enjoy. Not my thing. It felt like eating a cracker. (laughs) Like, if I need to eat it, Mm -hmm. I'll eat it, even though it's bland as fuck. So it's like eating an unsalted saltine? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was there Mm -hmm. for my brain. I told you, the most legendary thing about that show is the fact that it went on so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it went on so long because it's, like, digestible. Yeah, it's very run-of-the-mill. It's very mediocre. It's very, like, it's probably, it's, like, comfort food. For yeah. a lot of people. It's just, I, yeah. I think I think a lot of people feel that same way about, like, Sex in the City. Like, that show wouldn't do well now. Mm-hmm. But it's something that was on for so long. And so many people watched it and then watched it again. And then, like, watched it with fresh eyes when the movie came out. So, it's just one of those things where it's like, this just takes me back to a time. And I love these characters. Some people legitimately love yeah. friends and have built a personality around loving friends and I'm like I'm not gonna take that away from you but me personally I'm like nah this isn't like nah this isn't where 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 it ends for me is there friends fan fiction probably I'm gonna google it okay should I go on incognito mode that's the question 
I mean, it will start showing. You will, if you Google, just because we're talking about it, you're about to get all the like friends merchandise in your Facebook ads. You're going to get the cup from Central Perk and the red couch Oof. and the, the frame for your door. Yeah, I've seen that everywhere. And I'm just like, I know that's a friends thing. I don't know what it means. I don't even know if they ever dive into what the fuck the frame on the door is. But I'm sure if you Google shit. it, right? I'm sure if you Google it, it means something. Friends, fan. Ah, oh, my phone died at the most inopportune time. I will come back on the show and talk about friends fan fiction. Mm-hmm. That will be my appetizer next time. I will read. I will actually read some. That's fine because we have to cook in the next one anyway. So. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Speaking of the dish from this show, from Friends. The, the most important one was arguably mac and cheese. Yeah, because that's what started the whole... Yeah. So we could either get weird with it and, like, Google the weirdest mac and cheese Thanksgiving recipe ever, or we could just make some real fucking good mac and cheese. I vote we just make some good mac and cheese because I don't like mac and cheese to begin with, so if I have to deal with weird shit, I'm not going to eat it. Perfect. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine with me. Yeah, so I'm like, if we can make bougie mac and cheese with, like, lobster and pork belly, that'd be nice. That's okay. I'm going to negotiate with you on the next meal that we make. There is no negotiation. (laughs) I know what we have to make for the next one. And I said it before we started. And I was, like, waiting. I'm like, they got to mention something else, and we'll just make that. Nope. Speaking of Mm -hmm. living single. Whoop, whoop. The episode that we watched was Thanks for Giving, mm-hmm. which is a quote from my favorite character of the episode. I don't know if Daryl is a recurring character, but I love him. I think he's in one more episode. Yeah, which is sad because he is like a very refreshing character. They wrote him really well for Regine, I think. Yeah, but I loved him. Yeah, I have episode starts weird, Deion Sanders in the background. That is the weirdest opening to any living single episode. Like, they don't usually start like that. I was gonna ask, do they normally start with surrealist, like, fantasy openings? But what happened, if you've never seen it, is like... I forget the characters' names, because I haven't watched this before. Mm -hmm. But Guy walks in, and they're obviously watching Thanksgiving football, and somebody throws him a football out of nowhere. It's Deion Sanders that they were talking about on the TV. Oh. That was him. Oh, okay. So they're, like, basically setting up that, like, they're like, oh, he's out of bounds. He's so far out of bounds that he's in In their their apartment. apartment. Yeah, in a suit, playing football. Okay, that makes more sense. Not very much more sense. But more sense. And then a character tackles another football player. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote, surrealist football, question mark? Yes. <laughs> just to open the show. But that, yeah, that doesn't nor Sometimes they'll have, like, weird, like, surrealist moments at the end as a joke. Mm-hmm. But for that to be in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is that episode that starts with that weird football ending. Because he, like, gets a pig in the blanket, and then the next scene, Overton's like, is he carrying a pig in a blanket? Oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I did not catch that part. Though. Yeah. Makes slightly more sense. Not much. Not much. But slightly. But no. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I also have, I can never resist doing the saxophone to <laughs> part in the theme song where they go, <laughs> that's another one that takes me back to being like really little because like i don't know how much attention you paid to the theme song but when that girl is dancing i used to try to dance like her as a little kid oh nice yeah and i always did the that 
I was good dancing. Mm-hmm. It was good 90s dancing. I did notice that. I was very distracted in the kitchen scene. I don't know what happened in the kitchen scene because I saw a magazine display rack on the kitchen island and I was very distracted. Yeah. I'm like, I need a magazine display rack in my kitchen. It was just like on the side of the island and they had all these like nicely laid out magazines and I'm just like, ah. That makes sense because Khadija's a magazine editor. Oh, okay. All right. I knew it was important. And it's funny that you're, like, saying that because I know, like, when I was growing up, we had, like, a magazine, like, rack in our home. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, that probably just completely went past me because I'm like, yeah, we had those growing up. Like, I, yeah, I, we had one near our fireplace that we kept all of, like, like, my parents would subscribe to magazines and just switch them out in there. We kept them in the bathroom. Like, Uh, we had magazines all throughout my house growing up. See, we had, like, a very small one at my grandpa's house mm-hmm. that we would just stuff all the magazines into until they fell apart. But, like, to have them, like, nicely displayed, mm-hmm. I was just like, ah, I, I remember when magazines were more of a thing. I kind of missed that. Mm-hmm. They look nice in a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing really happens in the scene. I will say that, like, I have a note here that says, I love Max. Every time I watch this show, I fall more in love with her character because she's just so straightforward and she's so smart and she's so witty and she like eats a lot. I'm just like, she's such like Erica Alexander did a perfect, she, to me, she's like Matt LeBlanc. Like she is so funny as like the sense of humor on the show Mm -hmm. and how she's just like, how her delivery is so like quick with it. I'm like, this is just Perfect. I do remember her bringing in the corn chips. Yes. I did love the corn chips. And part. like Rasheen's like, I told you to bring a side. Corn chips. <laughs> <laughs> she has another. I have my next three are just max quotes, but she has one where so, so her date brings cranberry sauce and she pulls it to the side. And because she brought corn chips, she looks at me and she's like, I told you to bring a dip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I make that connection now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it now. Yeah. I wrote Never build up engagement excitement. I feel like that's always a bad idea. Like, that's always a bad idea. Real life sitcoms never be like, oh, girl, he's going to propose. Because he's not. The minute you say that he's going to propose, he's not. I don't think anyone who... I can't think of anyone who I was, like, in on the engagement that... I had a couple of friends who were, like, thinking of getting proposed. And I don't think at any point, even if I knew it was going to happen or if I thought it was going to happen, I think the closest I came to being like, oh, he's going to propose is just simply asking, do you think that, do you think that you'll be engaged by the end of the year? Mm -hmm. That's like as far as I went. I never went like, no, he's totally going to do it. You can't think that. You have to think that he's going to do it. He's taking you to this nice restaurant. I'm like, he could and he could not. Who can predict with men? It's not even a thing where it's any of our business because you have to think past that. In order to propose in this day and age, y'all have to have a conversation about are you ready to get married? Yes, exactly. And I think back in those days, it was more of a thing where you could just spring that on somebody. Now, with the way the world is set up and fucking capitalism, you have to like have a conversation yes. of like... Are you ready to get married? What type of wedding are we having? If you don't have that conversation before you propose to somebody, in my opinion, big mistake. Huge mistake. Big, 
huge. You will regret it forever because if you propose to somebody thinking that you can just give them like a sweet little intimate proposal and then you'll have a sweet little intimate wedding, but you don't know that the other person on the other side is that is like, do whatever you want with the proposal. I'm having a big ass fucking party for my wedding. Big mistake. Yeah. Well, to explain the episode, you should have paused and watched with us, but if you didn't, I understand. Mm Mm-hmm. The, what, what's her, what's her character's name? Khadijah. Khadijah gets a phone call from her boyfriend that's like, I have something for you and I have something to ask you. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the characters are like, oh my god, he's totally gonna propose. He's totally gonna propose. And she's like, no, no. And I'm like, have we learned nothing from Legally Blonde? <laughs> As a culture. Just don't. Legally don't do Blonde it. was not out yet. I know. Legally Blonde wasn't out. Crazy Stupid Love wasn't okay, out. Okay, yeah, fair point. It's like, yeah, this was still at the time where you could get that hype up. But now that those movies have existed, I think we have learned as a society where it's like, if somebody wants to propose, that's their fucking business. Yeah. That's not our place to say. Do not say it. Um, I have a note here after Regine introduces Daryl, who is played by Heavy D. So he's a bigger guy. Max goes up to her and says, all right, Regine, let's just, let's cut it out. Some people are born big. Some people just eat a lot. Which one is he? I wrote... Wow, more fat jokes on leather vests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. And like, yeah. At least the fat jokes in this weren't exactly like, like I think the most cutting one was when she, when Max was like, you date VIPs who, germ, who drive German cars. And where she was like, well, he drives a Volkswagen. And Max just goes, how? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, is that a fat joke? Yes. But also Volkswagens are tiny cars. I probably also could not drive a Volkswagen. So. They were at least less, like slightly less degrading than the Friends one. Yeah. Like more tolerable. I don't think they can make that many fat jokes because Khadija's a full figured woman. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, he's obviously big. Khadija's like full figured, but he's obviously big. And that's also different for Regine to be dating someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just further proved that I'm just into bigger dudes because I was just like, I love him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm into tall men because I want Khadija's boyfriend. Every time I watch this show, I fall in love with their relationship and I'm like, I want a scooter. He was nice. Yes, he was good. Good eye candy. I'm a Daryl person. (laughs) That's fine. I'm looking at scooter like, yeah, those lips. (laughs) Nice lips. Very nice lips. Mm -hmm. I wrote helpful cooking tips. Another reason why I like bigger men. (laughs) Helpful cooking tips. The bachelor casserole he was talking about. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Daryl's teaching everybody how to make a casserole out of leftovers. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to try the thing he said with the lemon. I don't know if it'll work or not. But he said if you rub lemon on a cutting board, it'll make you cry less with onions. I feel like I've done that before and I don't remember if it worked or not. But I do know if you freeze the onion, that helps. Yeah, I gotta do that too because onions fucking kill me. So I'm like, thanks Daryl, you're wonderful. Another thing you can do is if you get like one of those apple slicer things Mm -hmm. and put a bowl over it. And then just cut the onion into the bowl like that. Like you basically like push the onion through it. You have to be careful because those things are sharp. But another way is you can flip it. And so you put, you put the onion, let me think of how to do it. I want to say you put the onion, oh yeah. So you put the onion, I I forget how to do it, but it's a way you can cut it where the onion falls into the bowl and then you don't have to cut it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I I'm the idiot that wears goggles while I'm cutting onions. I mean, they get me too because I I have a fuck a, a fuck ton of scallions because that's another thing Kroger gave me too much of <laughs> yeah. mushrooms and scallions. I'm like, what do you all think I'm making? I'm not <laughs> making any soup with this. This was supposed to just top my steak. Better look up some mushroom scallion recipes. I'm about to just give them to people. Like, here. Take them. <laughs> Take these fucking mushrooms. Um, I have another Max quote, which is my favorite one of this episode, when, like, could, like Scooter says that he's going to go on tour with this group called Jasmine, and they're all like, those boony girls that don't wear anything on stage, because, you know, it's the 90s, it's fine to pick apart women for what they choose to yes, wear. Yes, yes, yes. But anyway, um... Yeah, somebody was like, they were like, oh yeah, and I think their lyrics are degrading, and Max's partner that she brought is like, no, they're not degrading at all, it's not bad for us, and then Max goes, yes it is, <laughs> and he goes, it's bad for women, it's bad for men, it's, it's bad, bad in general, everyone. I'm like, that's right, Max, stand in your power and be like, you're gonna change your mind right, right fucking now. Right fuck now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. We should just watch that episode again and just tag our friend group and be like, this is you, this is you, this is you. Oh, my next note is I am Khadijah. Like, as much as I love Max, I know every time I watch the show, I'm like, I am literally Khadijah. Mm -hmm. She's obsessed with work. She's kind of bossy. And she's also like, she she's so wound up in this new relationship that's actually working that that's what's scaring her about him going is that like if you leave this might not work and i will have to start over hello <laughs> that's me with a lot of relationships that's why i don't like it when stuff ends like that and that's probably why i don't date because i'm just like when this ends i have to start over and i would rather just be single and not have to deal with that mm -hmm. yeah for those of you who have not watched, instead of proposing, he gives her a locket and is like, oh, by the way, I got my big break. I have to go away for six months. And she's like, no. At first, yeah. She, At first. She yeah. initially is like, well, you asked and I answered and I don't want you to go. And he's like, well, fine, I won't go. And she's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. But then they get really passive aggressive with each other. And it's, to me, it's funny because I'm from the Midwest and passive aggressive is like a second language to me. Yeah. But for everyone else, I'm like, y'all could just talk about this instead <laughs> of involving your friends. But for me, I'm like, no, make it a big deal. I love it. On Thanksgiving too? Hell yes. fucking yeah. Midwesterners love that type of fucking drama. And then my man Daryl makes everybody feel bad for how they've been treating each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have... Um, when they first go outside, all the men, I'm like, it's super cold, but they have no breath to see. <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. I wrote plastic wrap realism because they had plastic on all of the deck furniture. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That is what happens on those rooftop decks during, Perfect. The, during the colder months. It's like, nope, we can't have this rusting out under the snow. Mm -hmm. So put the plastic wrap mm -hmm. on it. Um I have towards the end of the episode when Khadijah and Scooter go back to the roof and he's like, every time I look at the moon, I'm going to think of you. What? I hate. This is a dish of the day exclusive. <laughs> I almost want to get closer to the mic. Do a dramatic effect. Let me state for the record, I hate moon analogies. <laughs> I hate them. I hate songs about the moon. I hate when people are like, if you look up at the moon, I'm looking at the same moon. I hate all of that shit. So corny, so overdone, so stupid. I, no, 
I want it all gone. As soon as I heard it, I was like, I hate this. No more moon analogies. You heard it here, folks. It's just... They are really fucking corny. Looking up at the moon, and I'm thinking of you. Do you see the moon? Or the one where he's like, I'll throw a lasso around it and bring it to you. I'm like, leave the moon alone. (laughs) The moon is not romantic. To me, it is not romantic. And I realize somebody listening to this is going to be like, but it's this and it's that and blah, blah, blah. And it symbolizes all this stuff. The moon is a giant fucking crater. All right? Yeah. It's a crater. It just reminds me of Romeo and Juliet where he's comparing her to the moon. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Doesn't he start off with the summer's day? Yes. How does that get to the... Oh, wait, no, that's a, that's a sonnet. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, maybe he does. I don't know. It's Doesn't been he a while. say, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? No, that's a sonnet for sure. But he actually might compare her to a summer's day okay. for a little bit. But then he compares her to the moon and is like, ah, the moon is jealous of you because you're so pretty. Ah, yes. And it's like, oh, my God, please mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. Please stop. I hear, like, that Bruno Mars song, Talking to the Moon. Hate that fucking Ugh. song. Ugh. It's like you think when you're younger, you think you would love to have these things said to you, and then you actually have shit said to you, or you actually imagine it, and it's like, this is gross. You see it played out, and you're just like, don't like it. I don't like that. Awkward. To quote uh, something that recently came out, an episode of Iconic Justice with Jeez Louise and Tita Bonito, Willem the Drag Queen just looks at them and says, I don't like that show. (laughs) And that's how I feel about anything that has to do with like the moon and you and all that stuff no yeah i don't like that romantic ending scenes with moon comparisons overall not great you want to compare me to something impressive compare me to like the ocean or like you know i like stars i'm not against like the night sky i just don't think the moon is something where i'd be like oh my god that's so romantic i will say there is one acceptable moon comparison and it is an avatar the last airbender have you watched that show no one of the characters has a girlfriend who is the embodiment of the moon spirit and she spoiler alert has to die to bring back the moon Mm mm-hmm and then later in the series, they're talking about bad relationships. He's like, my girlfriend turned into the moon. And one of the other characters just looks at him and goes, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Only acceptable moon comment. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's also Fester being in love with the moon in the Adams Family. Adams Family. That's Don't cute. give me bad flashbacks. I know. And that's why we didn't watch the Adams Family tonight. <laughs> um, and then there's also, um, there's a song from Sesame Street called I Don't Want to Live on the Moon, but it is not a romantic gesture. Yeah, yeah. It's just Ernie talking about how he doesn't want to live on the moon, he doesn't want to live on the sea because eventually he'd want to come home. Mm-hmm. Makes complete and total sense. He's not saying to Bert, I don't want to live on the moon unless I can think of you the whole time I'm up there. So, you know, if he did that, then I'd be like, the song fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am, yeah. I'm just not a moon person. I... Yeah. So the ending scene with the comparison to the moon, kind of cheesy, but... Good old 90s, ooh, ooh yeah. Because they're kissing. I'm like, what in the fuck was the childish, what in the childish bullshit is the 90s? Like, Gotta have I remember tracks. it on that, and I remember it, it was heavy on Family Matters. Yeah. Like, Stefan Urkel just had to, like, wink, and they would be like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love the hell out of that show. 
I just wrote just in general better mm-hmm. than Friends because yeah. even though it was cheesy as shit, just in general better. Yeah. And to be fair, like, those themed episodes where it's, like, Thanksgiving and stuff, those are the episodes where they're, like, a little bit sillier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like we should, I feel like, if you like that one, I can, like, send you, there's, like, some episodes where I'm, like, if you like this episode, then you'll like the show, because that's more of what the show is. Um, yeah, because it's more them, like, dealing with their relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, the dialogue's better. It's funnier. It's easier to watch than Friends, to me. Like, yeah. I've, this is someone who's watched it a lot. I'm like, no, this pretty much still holds up. It's, like, more believable. I can't put my finger on why. But it's, like, more relatable, more mm-hmm. believable than Friends. Because they're all actually interacting as, like, true friends before anything else yeah you know like yeah and they have like some of them have like contentious relationships with each other they have conflict that lasts more than one episode in some cases whereas friends like everything's fine by the end Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah overall better than friends for sure well it came first so yeah good old white people stealing stuff gotta love it except you don't Gotta hate it. Gotta stop all that bullshit. Anyways. Yeah. Now we've come to the unavoidable truth. We have to make Yamalo. I have to do anything. We we have to. <laughs> if enough people say we don't have to, then we're I'm not doing it. Okay. Send us your opinions. The main dish in this Living Single episode, the only two dishes that they mentioned were canned cranberry sauce. Which I'm all for. <laughs> but we don't have to do anything except slice it. Or that's difficult for some people. <laughs> or you gotta open. Do you have a can opener? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I do too. It's like we could make it more complicated. We gotta buy a can opener. We gotta find cranberry sauce, chill it for at least twenty four <laughs> hours, and then cut it into perfect circles and put it in a serving dish. I don't have a chafing dish to put that stuff in. I feel like we should put out a poll. Here are my two acceptable options. We're going to make macaroni and cheese, and then we're going to make a whole pan of this. Yamalo, for y'all that can't tell, is made of basically yams and two different types of marshmallows. It's me. I hate marshmallows. I'm already eating this damn mac and cheese, which we're going to make, and I'm going to eat it, and I'll probably enjoy it, because I don't, like, hate macaroni and cheese, but it's not my go-to dish. Yams and marshmallows? I love yams. Why do we have to bastardize them with marshmallows? (laughs) Well, it was either that or corn chips and cranberry sauce. I'm fine with that. And you know what? But you I had to eat the corn chip with the cranberry sauce. Fine. I love salty and sweet stuff. This sounds great for me. Okay, we're going to make our own dish with corn mm. chips and cranberry sauce. There you go. If I don't have to make... But, again, if enough of y'all say you want to see us make the yamalo, we'll fucking make the yamalo. Yeah. But I feel like y'all are on our side. Or you just are going to sit there and listen to this and not interact with us at all, so. Yeah, well, I do see the numbers and that does happen. But mm-hmm. we got to look up, I'm going to Google some shit. We're going to make a gourmet cranberry dip with corn chips. Oh my god, no. Yeah. Don't make me have to do the homemade yeah. cranberry sauce. I hate, but that's not what they had in the episode. No, it'll, it'll be canned. It'll okay. be canned, but I'm going to mix it into some kind of like sweet Why? savory dip. Why? I thought we were just putting the corn chips on top of it. Is that we not... We could do that. Is that not enough We are you? a food podcast. We have to get fancy. Why do we have to make bad food? <laughs> I don't understand why... I Listen, again, I'm already doing this mac and cheese. 
which for me, I you, mac and cheese for me is you open the box and you pour it into the <laughs> you pour it into the pan and you stir it every once in a while. The whole like baking and the sour cream and the egg and the noodles and the cheese and then the baking and then blah 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 and making a roux and all that shit. I don't give a shit about any of that. I don't eat that kind of mac and cheese, but I'm willing to do it for the sake of the podcast. Now you're talking about putting yams, which I fucking love, and putting marshmallows on top of them, which I don't love. I'm like, I can't get behind this. Am I willing to eat cranberry sauce, which I also love with a little bit of corn chips on it? Fine. If it means I don't have to deal with these fucking marshmallows. (laughs) You're talking about adding stuff to it. I'm like, why? No, we're already adding the corn chips. (laughs) Well, you want corn chips and cranberry sauce or you want yamalo? And if you choose the wrong one, I quit. <laughs> or then we'll never talk to you again. I quit. I'll quit this <laughs> podcast. It'll be Dish of the Day with Delta and whoever the fuck. <laughs> Catchy. Yeah. Uh, that was a good episode. I like the comparison aspect. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. Do we have a sweet spot? <sighs> hmm. You know what I was thinking? Instead of doing like, okay, so we can still do the sweet spot, but I think maybe we should add like a little section um, where we do like announcements. Yeah, announcement sections. We yeah. can switch them out here and there. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like the daily special or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever restaurant pun we come up with, but it can be like an announcement corner. Yeah. Yeah, I let's feel, do it. Yeah, because I feel like you have an announcement. I don't really have one, I don't think. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about my big announcement? If you want to. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be like a month later, so. Yeah, I fucking quit my job. Hey. Hey. My stressful ass job. Delta can finally get a TikTok. (laughs) I can exist on the internet and not be... Invasive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. One day I will have a whole expose about our line of work or our mm-hmm. maybe former line of work by the time we have an episode but yeah i will just say i am fucking ecstatic i'm taking a job for much less pay but i don't care because mm-hmm. i get to make my own schedule oh cool and it's not what i was doing previously mm-hmm. <laughs> so i will fucking take it i am over the moon i'm still stressed out but I'm over the moon. <laughs> we are stressed, but we are also what? Thriving? <laughs> <laughs> stressed and thriving? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't have an announcement. Uh, and I guess my sweet spot would be... Let me think. Uh, I finished Ted Lasso this week. Nice, nice. Yeah. They talked about it on My Brother, My Brother and Me the other day. Schmitch, schmitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the finale was good. I think the part that got me is there's this part, and I don't want to like, I don't want to spoil it, but honestly, by the time this comes out, if you don't watch Ted Lasso, like just skip ahead. But mm-hmm. like, there the part that got me for those of you who do watch Ted Lasso is there's these two people, and one of them says to each other just a simple note of like, "Hey, can I give you some advice for you know, being you know your own boss." And the person says, okay. And the person just looks them dead in the face and says, hire your best friend and their best friends. And then they're just like, oh my God. And they start crying. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like one day. Yeah. My sweet spot is looking forward to 2022 and trying to be my own boss and like yeah. advocating for myself and asking for things that I feel like I deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
I feel like I have this weird sensation that I did before 2020 that I was like, I feel like this is the year where like some shit's going to fall into place and I'm going to finally know what the fuck to do with my life after 15 fucking years. (laughs) I'm finally going to know what to do with my life. And if I don't, I'm just going to keep working until I do. That's kind of my plan. I'm like, I'm just going to keep working a bunch of jobs and getting a lot of experience doing a lot of things. And then once I figure out what I want to do with my life, I'll quit them all and focus on that. But until then, I might as well be financially stable. Solid enough plan. That's all we can ask for in this day and age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was Dish of the Day pre-Thanksgiving episode. Oh yeah. Thanks. Join us for the next one where we possibly make Yamalo. But also, <laughs> please. I feel like y'all are going to be on my side and be like, no. No one should have to suffer. Oh, we can't make this a Delta versus Eartha thing. No. <laughs> I'm just saying plot-wise, we got to make Yamalo. It's not a Delta versus Eartha <laughs> thing, but I'm also like, I know how people are. People like to set me up for failure. That's why Lena Allure keeps harassing me about sitting on a cake because I said if I got up to a thousand followers on my Instagram, I would sit on a cake. Well, I never sat on said cake because I was like, people are going to forget. And also I got like crazy busy. Mm-hmm. And now every time I see her, she's like, you still haven't sat on the cake. I'm like, <laughs> so I will, I will do that. Maybe I'll sit on a fruit cake for December. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know if she listens to this, but Lena, if you listen, I'll try and sit on a fruit cake by the end of December. Perfect. And uh, you can leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. Go vote Yamalo or Cranberry Corn Chips. I feel like they're both acceptable. I would. Accept I don't know this. why I thought you were gonna say cranberry quarantine. <laughs> I hate twenty twenty. Cranberry quarantine. Go enjoy cranberry quarantine. That's what it's gonna be if y'all don't fucking take your fucking boosters. Okay. Anyway, have a good night. like to get in contact with dish of the day you can email us at dish of the day podcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash dish of the day podcast we are also on instagram at dish of the day podcast and our cover art was made by gabriella zaraka you can also follow on instagram at windprize gabby that's w-i-n-d-c-r-i-e-s-g-a-b-i This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.